All right, let's read our scripture of the day. And I will try to be brief. <laughs> I, I said I would try. Depends on how good y'all listen. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and of it, over his kingdom, to order it to and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to be with us. And God, I ask you to help us and touch us, Lord. And God, I, I pray that you'll be with us. And God, I pray that you will reveal yourself to us, Lord. And God, we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, uh, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a calendar preacher. Uh, I never have been. I um, I just try to hear the Lord, but sometimes the sometimes the Lord his sermons are hook up with the calendar, you know. And he started talking to me about Christmas and about uh, the incredible event. See, we undersell the event. We think it was just a little baby. No, this this altered eternity. The event of the king coming out of heaven, all of heaven turned out, all of heaven reigned, sang out, shouted. Time was changed. Time went from A.D. to B. I mean B.C. to A.D. You know everything was changed because God, for God so loved the world, He gave. God, we have a, a good God that loves people. And loves to give. And all month I've been trying to model in front of you being aware of people that sow into your life. Being aware of people that serve you. Being aware of people that are around you that you can bless. Okay? And part of the blessing is just recognizing it. And so each, each service I've given a gift over the last month, I have one for a special person. This guy is, is um, has been loving God as long as I've, I've been alive, basically. I mean, well, maybe not quite that long, but he taught me in Sunday school. He was a Sunday school. I mean, every one of you ought to volunteer. It'll change your life. You ought to volunteer back there in the children's ministry. Everybody ought to do a couple of years back there. He, he taught me in Sunday school. And you know, one of the things I love about, you know, we are a, a society that recognizes flash and talent and all that. Let me tell you what I think God recognizes more than anything. Character and consistency. I mean, he's still loving God today. Still praying still excited about the Lord, even though he came over, crossed over with Moses. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but 
And I just want to say, Brother Lou, I recognize my dad was his pastor back when I was a little kid. And he still loves Jesus just as much today as he did back then. He sowed into my life, and he tried to change me. And I want to tell you I love you. I appreciate you guys very much. Okay. Very much. I'm thankful for the people that serve and sow into my life, and I want you to know that God recognizes that. And so we need to be that way. Now, we talked about the first week, this incredible big deal. I mean, Christmas is a big deal. I ain't talking about forget all the presents. It's a big deal. I know Jesus wasn't born on September 21st, but it's a big deal. I mean, this altered everything. This altered how you get to God. This altered everything. What? I do know that he wasn't born on September 21st. See, see, you guessed, this is the way it is. See, I get corrected from the crowd all the time. Yeah, he wasn't born on September 21st or December 25th. I'm recognizing that. But what he did should be celebrated every day. Do you realize heaven has not turned out like that since that moment? Do you understand that? Even heaven, even the angels knew. Everything changes. What changed? And we talked about it the first week. Salvation entered. Not salvation by works, a gift of salvation. And what that brings, salvation is not, I'm not going to hell. I mean, that's a perk of being saved. It's a, it's a, it's a great perk. Okay, it's it's important perk. But I mean, I remember as a little kid, man, standing, sitting there, I mean, sitting in the audience going, do you want to go to heaven or hell? Heaven, sign me up. Yeah, come on down here. I mean, that's like to a little kid, I heard, you want collard greens or pizza? Pizza, easy choice. Man, salvation is so much more than that. He gave us the gift, Emmanuel, his presence. If I am saved, he goes with me everywhere. That means the possibilities. The next week we talked about that he, last week we talked about the incredible gift of peace. Jesus said, everybody hear me, my peace I leave with you. I'm giving you the same peace I got. And he had all kinds of problems out in the world. He had all kinds of issues, but he said, I never lost my peace, and now I'm going to give you. What an incredible gift. Today I want to talk to you about the king. Because there is a king. There is a king. And you're going to worship something. Everybody hear me, because... The, the king, I want, I want you to see this. I want to just establish the things. I have one point today. And if y'all will listen right and act like you're getting it, then we'll get out of here early. 
Come on. Look at what he said, the verse I just read. First of all, the government shall be upon his shoulders. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means I'm not in charge. I want to take, how many of you men have sat around and spent countless hours talking about the government and what the government needs to do and all that? I need to relieve you of the pressure to you're going to walk out of here lighter than you came in. Here it is. You're not in charge. In fact, let me just go a step further. Your opinion doesn't matter. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a red-blooded southern gun-toting male. I got rights. No, there's already a king and I'm pretty sure you ain't it. Now, if you're smart, that makes you go, because I'm not responsible. Now, I, do I think you ought to be involved in, in, in politics and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, but keep it in its right place. There already is a king. His name ain't Donald Trump either. Thank Jesus. But here, look what he says. He's in charge. He's responsible. Let me just give you another thing. His kingdom will never stop growing. Let me, let me just stop worrying about the Muslims and evil and all that stuff. Stop worrying about all that. Why? Because I'm pretty sure in a thousand years, there won't be a United States of America. I'm pretty sure. But there will be a church. There will be a kingdom. There will be people worshiping. Do you realize right now, you know what the fastest growing church in the world is right now? It used to be China. You know what it is right now? Iran. The Christian church underground because they're under persecution is exploding right now. Can I tell you why? There's a king and he said, my kingdom will never be stopped. My peace will never stop growing. You can rail all you want to. You can make all kinds of laws. But baby, the king has already declared, my kingdom will never end. Amen. And it's established. The king is established. It ain't going anywhere. It's never going to be shaken. Now, let me say something to you about yourself. We are all made to worship. Everybody understand, you are made to worship. You will worship something. Oh, let me, let me just say it like this. You are worshiping something. You go, what do you mean by worship? Worship is giving your allegiance. Worship is not just singing and lifting your hands. Yeah, that's part of it. But worship is giving your allegiance to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow to this. I'm going to give my attention to this. Every one of us are worshiping something because God made us to worship something. Some of you are worshiping your hurts. Some of you are worshiping public opinion, money. You're worshiping. I mean, we got people. I mean, my aunt, I have an aunt that's, you know, my, my mother's sister, 
she will still, with a big gleaming smile on her face, talk about when she was a teenage girl, got, she got to kiss Elvis Presley at one of his. You know how he'd always lean down? She was one of those girls that reached up and grabbed him and kissed him. Had to have security to get her off of him. I mean, she still talks about, <laughs> I mean, I saw women crying, girls crying about Taylor Swift. Oh, my God. And we, I mean, we bow down. I mean, look, it's automatic. Somebody, Michael Jordan, one of them do something, everybody goes, oh, what is that? It is an automatic response. Everybody in here was made, everybody was made to worship something. It's how you were made. It's what our response is. It's how, it, how things happen. Do you realize when the royals got married, Megan, whatever her name is, what was it? Yeah, see, see? <laughs> Megan Markle and Prince, whichever name he was, what was it? Harry. Yeah, we obviously have one here. <laughs> there were millions, like, I mean, look at this. 29 million devices. That's not people. That's devices tuned in to their marriage. Because, and then that's not counting all the talk shows and everything talking about, oh, did you see her dress? It was made by this guy. And, you know, oh, what are we doing? It is an automatic response to stand in awe of, pe of something. See, some of you right now are going, I don't worship none of that stuff. Well, you might be worshiping you and your opinion. I'm a grown man. Southern male. I'm bow-legged. I do stuff. <laughs> you know, we break out to Hank Williams Jr. Country boy can't survive. You know, I'll make it. Because we were made to worship. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. I, I brought all that to say there was a king but somebody's wearing the crown of your life. Somebody is. I want to show you this. It's a pretty crown. It's got sparkles. You know, back in the old day when they used to fight, one of the big deals, did you get the crown? One of the things... Conquering armies would bring to their king. They would bring, they probably had already killed him, whoever was lead, but they would bring the actual crown to their king and say, and lay it at his feet. And he would add that to his list. I am now the king of this, the king of this, and the king of this. Here's a question I want to ask you. Everybody look at me. 
who's wearing the crown of your life. There was a king that showed up 2,000 years ago as a baby. Why did he come as a baby? Basic answer is a man screwed it up. A man had to fix it. So he came as a man. That's your basic bottom line. But we were made to worship. Grown men showed up. Kings and rulers showed up and fell on their face and kneeled before a baby. You're going to worship somebody. Somebody is going to wear the crown of your life. Some of you, the person that hurt you in the past, they're wearing the crown. You're worshiping them because they're still controlling your life. You're still bowing down to them. Jesus Christ is the king. Look at John 1. John 1 says this. I want to just establish the fact that Jesus Christ is the king. In the beginning was God, was the word, and the word was with God, and God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, <coughs> excuse me, through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it. What is he saying? Same thing as Isaiah said. He is saying, I'm the king. I was there at the beginning. I brought light into the world. That world comprehend could mean control, put down, you know, put out. The world, Satan, ain't no way he's ever going to put out the light that came in King Jesus because he is the king. He is the king. And so, do you understand that he was there at the beginning and he's going to be there at the end? Demons feared him. Demons, when he walked into a room, they feared him and he will be there at the end. Look at Revelation. Revelation 19, 11. It says this. Then I saw in heaven opened up and behold, a white horse and he who sat on it was called faithful and true. In righteousness he judges, he makes war. His eyes were like flame of fire. His head were on many crowns. Many crowns, do you see that? And he had written that no, a name that no one knew except him. When we see Jesus Christ in the flesh again, guess what? He won't be here as a baby, he'll be here as Lord of all. Then everybody's going to bow to him. Everybody, believe in him or not, it's too late. You're going to bow. Now, here's my one point, and I want I want to use an Old Testament story. Here it is. You ready? Who's wearing the crown? Who's wearing your crown? I don't get to decide. You get to decide. You're going to worship something. Modern media, whatever. You're going to bow to something. Pledge your allegiance. And I want, I want to show you through this story. 1 Samuel. The Lord just took me to this story because he is the king. 1 Samuel chapter 8. Look what it says. Now it came to pass 
when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over here. Let's just stop. Samuel kind of ran. He was God's prophet and he kind of ran things. God tell him to do stuff. God told him he there, there was, you know, God would tell him, hey, y'all fight here. You do this, do that. And God was running. Well, he got old. It happens. And here's what happened. Look, the name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of his second, Abijah. And they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways, nor turn aside. No, they turned aside to dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. That was written a long time ago. That wasn't written yesterday. Could be written yesterday, Amen. Then all the Israelites gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. They all got together. Look what happened. And they said to him, look, you're old and your sons ain't right. Let me just tell you, if my sons were acting like that, I'm going to whoop them in front of everybody. Your sons ain't right. Now make us a king to judge us, look, like all the rest of the nations. But this thing displeased Samuel when he, they said, give us a king to judge us. Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said, Samuel, heed the voice of the people in all that they ask you to do. For they are not rejecting you, but they are rejecting me that I should not reign over them. Now, that's the whole crutch of the matter. I want to walk you through this story real quickly. First of all, they had a problem, a real problem. These guys were not doing right. They were stealing money, perverting justice. They take bribes and make rules. They were sleeping around with women. They were doing all kinds of things. They weren't right. There was a problem. Not denying the problem. Everybody look at me. I want you to hear this. You're not going to fix what's wrong. You don't have the ability to fix people. You cannot fix the problem. Nobody you elect can fix the problem. Because it's a, it's a lordship problem. It's a crown problem. Do you understand? God's the only one that can fix the problem. And people are making the same mistake over and over. We're making it right now just like they did back then. Men see the problem and they're trying to fix the problem with a man idea. Well, we can fix this. We want to be like everybody else. That is the damnation of every Christian when you look around and you see the world and you want to be like them. We are not like the world. We are children of the light, children of, of God. Do you understand that Jesus Christ came and he was king and he said, I want to be your Savior and Lord. And when we see a problem... 
and then we come up with the solution ourselves, we're just making it worse. Just look at government all around the world, not just America. Government all around the world trying to fix. I mean, you have the American government right now trying. They're going to spend millions of your dollars putting a, a group together that's trying to fix loneliness. They're trying to legislate people, whoever's in charge. Do you understand? Those people were taking bribes. They were doing... The reason they got to choose, they got to choose. See, that's why this thing with Colorado and taking him off the ballot, and I don't care what you think about Trump, yes or no, I don't care. But when, when you see, it's the same thing. Man's solution to what they see as the problem that's a, that's a terrible idea because they're in charge. They can make that choice. What happens when somebody else gets in charge? What happens when somebody else gets in See, when you start down that road, and the road I want you to understand is man's ideas can't fix anything. That's what I want you to hear. Stop trying to be like everybody else. We had a family, we gave a testimony first for our family, and I had a counseling session with them. It was the funniest counseling session I ever had. They came to me, we're getting divorced, we don't like each other anymore. We, uh, we've already decided, we've divided up, we've gone with a lawyer and everything, and we're signing the papers and all this stuff. And they came to my office for a count, and I went, what do you need me for? It sounds like you don't need what I do. And say, look, we don't want you to try to fix us. We want you. We're having a debate. Who gets the church and the divorce? <laughs> I went, uh, what, what are you saying here? said, who gets, because we ain't going to church together. One of us has got to go and one of us gets to stay we both love the church, so you decide which one of us gets to stay. I said, I, said, I ain't doing it. They both left mad because I said, no. Can I tell you? Look at me. That couple is still married. That couple is sitting in this church right now. That couple had another child after this. That couple's grandchildren go to this church. Only, listen. You need to understand, only the king can do that. You're not going to figure your way out of that. You're not going to fix your family problems with your ideas. Oh, what some goofy, I get on to my sons all the time, listen to these goofy podcasts of people they don't know. Well, I know I, you don't agree with everything, but he, I agree with some of it. Man, he's a ding-dong. Look at his life. He's a ding-dong, and you listen to him. Do you understand? We have a problem. Elon Musk ain't going to fix it. None of these people can fix it. Only the king. 
My wife came in not long ago, and I want to tell you, I'm a blessed man because of my wife. I outpunted my coverage when I got her. I tricked her into thinking I was something. But let me tell you, she came in the other day. I was having a nice, peaceful time. She came in and said, you need to get up and do something. She said, them kids, he needs a daddy voice. He needs daddy voice. You, you know what she was saying. I mean, when daddy shows up, when I, if I got to get up from drinking coffee, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> so I put my, I walked in there and it was amazing how everything got fixed. Everybody, grandchildren and children, all of them started calming down and liking each other again. Look at me. You don't need, you need to hear daddy's voice. He's the one that straightens things out. He's the one that heals your heart. Now, listening to, well, I think we're at a new age and are not listening to any idea. I mean, men have had, it ain't something new. Men have had bad ideas since men came. Amen? We think, oh, it's, a, it's worse now. Oh, my God, it's wor worse than like the dark ages? I mean, really? No, it ain't worse. We just all got them stupid phones and we all know about it more. It's the same people trying to see a problem and fix a problem. With man's ideas, when it's only hearing the king that changes things. It's not, Jesus is the only one that can, it's not, you're not, can I just say this? You know, everybody's doing their life. We had this incident last night with the elf thing. My son Benjamin and his wife and Horde are here staying. I got all my family, all my family will be there tomorrow. All 32 of them, 34 of them. <laughs> Granddaughters are. It is amazing. You know, yeah, they're, they're wonderful. I'm hooked. Okay. And they. It's amazing how they know how to manipulate you right out, right off the bat. They teach them that at woman's school. I mean, they can work you. It's like, and you know you're being worked, but there's something in you that just goes, yeah. Man, I, I want to tell you, I was thanking the Lord. I'm a blessed man. I, I am a blessed man. All my kids, I love watching them. They take care of each other. But let me tell you something. That ain't because me and Amy are all that. That's because Jesus 
He's the only one that fixes that stuff. He's the only one that knows. And look, your family is not supposed to be like everybody else because we have a king and we know we're not it. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. It was amazing. I'll finish that story. We had this elf thing. And one of the grandsons, you know, he don't know. He's three or whatever. He touched the elf. I don't even know what I'm talking I didn't know this was a thing, and I've decided it's a dumb thing. <laughs> all of them, first of all, somehow I got in my house with all of the grandkids, and all of the adults were over at Jamie's house. I'm there alone with all of them trying to watch the football game, and... Somebody touched the elf and all heck breaks loose. They start screaming and hollering, running around. Grab cinnamon, grab cinnamon. They start throwing cinnamon and I'm like, I mean, they're screaming and hollering and all this stuff. And it was amazing. I, finally, I mean, it went on. It went, I mean, Caleb walked in and he was handling Hattie and all, and all these screams. They're running around. Spread cinnamon. Ah. He went, I'm getting out of here. And I mean, he left me. And I mean, there was no other adult. And finally, I just said, I tell you what, I'm going to take the stupid elf and throw him in that fire out there and we'll be done with all this. And they all went, Oh, Pops, don't do Because they made Pops get out of his easy chair, and so something's happening. Why am I telling you this? I hope I'm spoiling something for some of your kids, because that's a dumb thing. That's too much work. That is too much work. I got cinnamon all over our hutch. But anyway, I'm not bitter. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Let me tell you why I'm telling you that story. Because when you have your own plan, your own thing. Look at me. When you have your own plan and your own stuff, it might work out for a little while, but look what's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong and you don't know how to fix it. Are you hearing me? There is a king. Now my question to you is, who's wearing the crown? Who are you yielding to? Who have you decided is going to wear the crown of your life? Because one day y'all are going to see Who's wearing the crown? You know how I know you know who's wearing the crown? It ain't, it, 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 I don't know in your life. But part of it is, here's what worship looks like. Okay, you ready? You listening? I'm going to explain it to you. It ain't lifting your hands. I think you should lift your hands. If you understand salvation, you don't mind lifting your hands. What a great deal. Touchdown. Touchdown every play. Let me tell you what worship is. Yielding to him and his word 
in every area. You go, what do you mean? I mean, I want to do it his way in every area. How I handle my relationships. How I handle my money. How I do my business. How I handle my vacations. How I handle holidays. How I do life. I yield. Worship means I yield. Here's what my flesh wants to do. I yield to what you say, Lord. How do you want me to handle it? Oh, you want me to forgive? Well, God, that's hard, but I choose to do it your way. I yield to you. That's when you know he's wearing the crown. Don't tell me you love Jesus. Show me you love Jesus by the way you treat your wife. By the way you handle adversity. By the way, you do business. I told you about the guy who told me in, in business. He told me, he said, now, Brother Allen, he don't go to this church, and I'm glad. <laughs> We're not recruiting him. Because here's what he said. Now, you know Brother Allen. And he looked at me, kind of cocked a little grin. Now, Brother Allen, church is church. Business is business. I went, <laughs> I won't be doing business with you. I'm in the market for a truck because my wife kept having children and I had to buy Nathan a truck. So I had to sell my truck to buy his truck. So I'm truckless. And so I've been looking around. I don't know if you've looked at trucks lately. Somebody has gone stupid. <laughs> it's like, what in the world? I'm not, I don't want your firstborn. I just want a truck. <laughs> so I'm finagling around. I'm talking to this guy. You know, I'm kind of looking around, just bouncing around. I'm under no pressure, you know. I'm making my wife get up and take me to work. And all. We're just looking around. I've been looking around for about a couple months. This guy when we covered it called me, he said, look, I got this deal. Nissan Titan, not brand new. It's almost cheaper to buy a brand new one than it is a used one. Brand new. And he said, I'm sending you an offer sheet. He sends me an offer sheet on my phone. I said, is that out the door? He said, yes, this is out the door. This is Monday evening. I said, I took Michael with me. Make sure... He wasn't doing no tricky. Yeah. So I'm going. He calls me and says, okay, here's the offer. Offer sheet. I went, okay. At that offer, I'll take it. I'll be by in the morning to pick it up. So I'm in my quiet time. I'm next morning. I'm going to get a truck. I'm kind of pumped. I get my wife and I say, look, you're going to take me over. We're going to go get a truck. I might even buy you a nice dinner just because we're getting a new truck. <laughs> you know, you always feel good in a new truck. Yeah. I'll take you out to Covington. <laughs> anyway, I said, Lord, I believe you have a truck for me. And here's what I said. 
Lord, if that's not the, my truck, then let them change the deal. This is 20, less than 24 hours. Let them change the deal. I walk in. I got Matthew. I got Amy. We're excited. We sit in the truck. I made sure it doesn't have running boards, but it was low enough. I said, Amy, can you get in this without running boards? So I made her get up, step up in it, all that. We said, yeah. He said, okay, I'm getting, getting all the paperwork and all. And he brings out the offer sheet that he showed me. And he goes, look, some things happen. And, you know, every day things change. Your rebate went down from yesterday afternoon to this morning change so here's the price and I, I i got up i smiled no arguing i went thank you for your efforts man i appreciate you but that ain't the deal he goes wait wait man let me go back and talk to it i said dude you changed the deal and then i just i just told him i said i prayed this morning i'm a christian i prayed this morning talked to the lord said lord if this ain't the truck you have for me, let them change the deal. You change the deal. That ain't my truck. Of course, he texts me back. Look, I got him down to this. I texted him. I said, dude, that ain't my truck. <laughs> now, see, here's the thing. Some of you have overstated your importance so much that you think you can handle all those decisions. I ain't got no Superman x-ray vision to look into the innards of that truck. But God does. Who's wearing the crown in your life? Who are you bowing to? Do you understand what I'm saying? Every decision. Now look, if you don't know the Lord, I can't think of a better day. I can't think of a better day than celebrating Christmas, giving your heart to Christ. Now listen, don't think, I had a man, I had to tell him this. He said, look, I think God is good. I said, wow, yes. I said, he said, I think God's gonna let, because Jesus paid for the sins of the whole world. I think, you know, I've been a good person. I think he's going, you know, No, because he is good. Jesus did pay for the sins of the whole world, wants nobody to perish. And he said, the door to get to heaven, to get into my family, is Jesus Christ. That's the door. That's the value. Listen, everybody look at me. They're not going to cure racism because racism demands you think on a certain level, the only thing that gives the soul value is Jesus Christ. Now, with through Jesus Christ, I, I can value everybody because Jesus Christ died for them. Does that make sense? You, you can't cure problems. Man can't cure the problems. Only Jesus can. If you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you. Second thing, I want to invite you to remind yourself, which I have to do quite often. I'm not in charge of my life. God, I'm sorry I acted like I was. I have to remind him, you are my Lord. 
And some of you, I know, I want to say this. I felt like the Lord reminded me of this story. You can see Jesus in any situation. The king shows himself to people that want to see him. Just look at the cross. The cross. There's this guy. I mean, Jesus, I wish I could say, you know, Jesus didn't do it the way we thought he should do it. He was beaten. He was a bloody mess. His skin was ripped. There were probably ribs exposed. He was bloody. He had a thorn, crown of thorns. He had holes in his wrist because your bones connect here and there's a hole, a space right there and they would stick it right there. They didn't stick it in his hand. They'd stick it right there and they would stick both their legs together and they would bend their legs. Romans did this and you say, well, how do you know all this? Because I studied Roman history. They were masters at torture. They would, they would bend their legs because most people would suffocate and they would bend it so they could push up a little bit and then fall back down. I mean, this is what Jesus, and people were spitting on him. They were hollering at him. They were making fun, hundreds, the crowd making fun of him, hollering at him, all those type of things. And even the guy on this side, the guy on this side, I mean, he's joining because he's got such bitterness in his heart. He's joining in, making fun of Jesus. He's in the same shape as he is. all of a sudden this guy over here he looks over there and all of a sudden he sees you're a king you have a kingdom can I be in it I thought you know, don't you know that guy when he's walking up to the gates because he died thereafter. He's walking up to the gates, the angels saying, well, tell us about your life. Tell them they ask you, well, where'd you go to church? Well, I, he ain't got no answer. Did you ever read the Torah? No, I don't know nothing. I, uh, I don't, why are you here? What makes you think I'm going to let you in in heaven? Because the guy hanging next to me said I could come. He said I could be there. Whatever problem you're walking through, if you'll just take time and go, you are the king. You are my king. You'll see things that you couldn't see before. But right now, if you need to be saved, we're going to be around after this. Please come and talk to us. But right now, just close your eyes. something with families here in a second I'm not going to beg you I'm standing myself I need to remind myself Jesus you're Lord over my whole life my relationships my money my business this morning I thought it would just be good to just take a moment and recognize the king to pile out like heaven did 
just say, you are the king. You are my salvation. You're my hope. You're my peace. If that is in your heart to make that declaration, I'm not making you doing it. But sometimes we just need to remind ourselves, I'm a Christian. That means we do certain things a certain way. If that is you, I want you just to stand to your feet and say, God, I'm, I'm just reminding myself again. I'm reminding myself that you are my Lord. I'm not asking you to be saved again. I'm asking to remind yourself, Lord, I just want to make this declaration again. You're Lord over my whole life. If that is you, just stand right where you are. Stand with me. I'm reminding myself. If you're not, that's fine. Just You can be seated. But man, every once in a while, I need to remember, Jesus is my Right now, just lift your hands. I want you to make this confession. Jesus, you're Lord over my whole life. Every part of my life. Come on, just tell him that. Jesus, you're Lord over my broken heart. Jesus, you're Lord over my fears. Jesus, you're Lord over my family. I confess that to him. Jesus, you wear the crown. I don't. You wear the crown, Lord. I don't. Tell him, if you've got an area of weakness, Jesus, I'm struggling in that area, but you're Lord. You're Lord over my mind. You're Lord over my emotions. You're Lord, Lord over my broken heart. Come on, confess that. You are Lord. You're Lord over my vacations. You're Lord over my free time. You're Lord of all. Just make that confession. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, you are Lord over all of my life. I want to honor you, Lord. You're Lord. Everything I have, you're Lord over. Everything I've been through, you're Lord. You're the one that got me through it. You're the Lord. You're, I saw you, Lord. You're Lord. I want everybody else to rise to your feet. If you're sitting down, this is the way I felt like the Lord wanted me to end this, sir, this time. If you are here with your family, I want you to get out in the aisle or however how you want to do it. I want you to make a circle. Hold hands make a circle and look at each other. So do that right now. Come on. You can get out in the aisle, make a circle, look at each other. Okay. Now, don't look at me. 
want you to look at your family. Look at them in the eye and tell them, I am so glad the Lord brought you into my life. This isn't a joking time. I'm so glad the Lord brought you into my life. Keep hold, look them in the eye. Keep holding the hands. Now look at them again and say this. Say, you make my life better. You make my life better. Tell them, I am so thankful for you. one of you look in each other in the eye and say, I love you. Now, I want to I pray a blessing over you and your family. Now, look, one of the great things, if you're here by yourself and you're standing alone, you're not alone because you're part, if you're a Christian, you're part of the family of God. So if you see somebody standing by themselves, grab them. Bring them into your group. All right? Somebody grab him. Bring him over there. I want everybody, I don't want anybody standing alone. Look at each other. We are, let me tell you why I'm doing this. We are so quick, and the world's teaching us this. We're so quick to point out people's flaws and their faults. Nobody's perfect, but we don't ever take the time to point out the blessing. You are a blessing in my life. So I'm trying to help you do You can do this when you have your meal. You can do this before, read the story. So right now I wanna pray a blessing over and I just want to tell you I love you Father I thank you you are Lord of all you are the God of peace you are the God of health and healing and so Father I pray for peace may the peace of God rule your hearts and mind you are the God of joy I pray that your joy they will be full of joy in their families Lord I, play right, I pray right now that they will have love for each other. God, love is patient and kind. I pray that they'll have love for each other. I pray that they'll give to each other, that they'll give their heart and their voice to each other. And God, I pray that this Christmas season that your love will drive out every bit of fear. That they'll know the future is good because you're waiting there for us. And God, I bless every family today. And I thank you for them. In your name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. Have a good Christmas. <laughs>